Horsley! Horsley! Where is that damnable J.N. Horsley? Gallivanting about on some haphazard adventure with that woman from Y2CL Radio, no doubt. I'll find you, Horsley. And when I do, there will be hell to pay! Welcome, Outlanders, to Misery Point Radio. That's right. You have arrived at the crossroads, the wastelands, the intersection of what was and what should be. And I'm your host. My name is Mike. And some of you might know me from another show that I host called On the Edge. A little quaint show where many things are said. (laughs) Maybe things that should not be said. But that's a different topic for a different day. So today, the first guest was a guest on the edge with his partner. They have a show called Spoiler Country. And today's guest also runs his own show called Y2CL Radio. An awesome show full of all the crazy things in life. And on top of that, he's also quite active in the comic book community, the artist community, and so I'm really honored that he would take uh, another bit of time out of his day to join me on this crazy new adventure that I've uh, embarked upon. So please, welcome to the first ever episode of Misery Point Radio, artist, writer, visionary, Musician, philanthropist, UN ambassador, swimsuit model, celebrity apprentice, the funny, the talented, the irresistibly sexy host of Y2CL Radio, John Horsley. Why, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Yeah. Uh, you forgot You forgot amateur porn star. Fuck. Starting over. <laughs> so, <laughs> hey, man, welcome to the show. This has been kind of a, a long time in the making there. So, uh, finally, we got our schedules to match up a little bit. Had to get up ass early in the morning to do it, but we did it. Ass crack of dawn, <laughs> on a Saturday. Yep, got the got the coffee going, got the coffee shits already out of the way, and uh, oh, right. yeah, we were just talking about how your voice sounds so incredibly sexy first thing in the morning. You know, it's 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 a low right now, but as we talk, it'll get normal. So right now, it's good. Yeah, it starts starts out all radioy, and then by the end of the show, you'll yeah. you'll sound like Mickey Mouse. Wow, boy! <laughs> oh, boy! So uh, so Y two CL Radio, and of course, uh, I can't forget co-host of the illustrious spoiler country with Kenrick Regan. That's right. And you know, it's funny. Um, why does radio has been the name of the show since 2009? Yeah. We actually just changed the name like on the episodes coming out uh, in two days. <laughs> no, no kidding. So, okay. Well, I was going to ask you yep, about yep. that, but so 
Yeah. You've had you can ask 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 away. I'll, t- I'll tell you both okay, stories. <laughs> great. Well, let's let's just talk about that for a second. So we're gonna we're gonna do Y two CL is gonna be the focus, and of course your you know the stuff that's about you. Um, but let's talk a All little right. bit about uh, so what's what's Y two CL going to become? So we, my wife and I, we, she's my co-host, right? Right. So we decided to change the name because Y2CL Radio doesn't actually fit what we do because Y2CL was my old, the name of my comic strip right. that I, I did for a long time. And originally Y2CL Radio was meant because it was a continuation of the comic. It was a way for me to promote the comic and have like other comic book guests on and talk to them. And like it was really, it was really meant as like a promotional tool for the comic, right. comic strip. And it kind of morphed into its own thing from there where it became my wife and I having conversations with people, talking about stuff, having, you know, just having fun. And um, so we changed the name to Haphazard Adventures. Okay. Awesome. You know, kind of like, you know, random adventures, random conversations. Because we have, we talk about everything, you know, like we have, um, like the one coming out Monday is going to be, it's one that I'm, you know, I had a lot of fun doing. It's, we have a new series we're doing on the show called Why Can't I? Right. Um, and the first one, we have our friend Jordan, or he goes, he goes by DJ Cupid. And <clears throat> excuse me. And the first one's called "Why Can't I Say the N Word?" Okay. And we, we talk with him. You know, obviously, we brought our friend on who's black to have the conversation about why it is or isn't appropriate for white people specifically to use the N word or not. All right. And end up being a really good conversation, and uh, it ended up being so so long that we end up cutting in the two episodes. <laughs> oh my! Well, you know, that's my formula right there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, uh, but you know, we yeah. we want to do more things where we talk about, we still want to have fun and do the silly stuff and, you know, talk about the inappropriate shit, but we're like, you know, we want to have some conversations that have a little bit of meaning behind them, right. you know? And so that's and that's kind of want- been the difference then is, is you know, between, yeah. say, what, what Y2CL was, was kind of an OG project. I mean, that, that podcast, yeah. you started that years before podcasting became really what it is now. So you were kind of ahead of the curve and that was a project that you've done with your wife for the most part, correct? Yeah. So it started back in 2009. Uh, I did the very first episode, which I called episode zero by myself. It was just me talking and it was just me talking about the comics mm-hmm. that I did. And I have it's off the internet. It's not reposted anywhere, and it's terrible. <laughs> it's god awful, horrible. Because I sound everything. I'm like, hi, I, I'm I'm John. This is Y2CO Radio, and it's all boring. I mean, it's so boring because I had nobody to play off of, right? right? And and then I talked to Kaylee about it, and I was like, hey, I have this this podcast. She's like, what the hell is podcasting? I mean, it's like it's like a recorded radio show. You know, I explained it to her, and she joined me on episode one. And she's been there ever since. You know, there's been a couple episodes she's not on. Right. Like I did an interview with my friend in, in Sweden. Um, it was late at night, so she's she was asleep. Uh, but for the most part, you know, for the last you know got nine years, she's been on every episode. Yeah. Because she's she's just as much a part of it as I am, which is why the name change came because she never liked the name. Right. She's like, it's not about your comics. I'm like, I know it's not about the comics, but it kind of it fits, and it it sounds it sounds cool, but it's not really fitting, you know. Yeah, and with uh, but, with spoiler country. You guys talk predominantly about comics and, you know, kind of pop culture industry yeah. stuff. And Y2CL has that, or previously Y2CL, the artist formerly known as Y2CL, we'll call it, <laughs> yeah. also had that kind of vibe to it. So so what are you guys going to do that's different? I mean, how do you how do you differentiate between Spoiler Country and uh, Haphazard Adventures going forward? Well, going forward, the difference is going to be... Uh, Haphazard Adventure is going to be more focused on uh, family, like family topics. Just, you know, as you know, maybe your listeners don't know, I have five kids. Yeah, yeah. I'm a big family. I'm a big family man, right? I, I love my kids. I love my family. 
and we talk about things about parenting, you know, trouble. I mean, we're, and we're straight up honest about it too. We don't, we don't hold anything back. You know, we're not sugarcoating shit. Oh no. I've and, heard you guys talk shit to each other. It's fucking hilarious. <laughs> Thank you. So the difference is going to be, you know, sport country is going to be, is more focused on pop culture stuff. Right. And Kaylee's right. actually been on that show a couple of times. Yeah, absolutely. But, and why just, or sorry, not, not why today, but haphazard adventures. While we'll still talk about pop culture stuff. We'll still do stuff from conventions and shit like that, because that's what we do. We love doing that. It's going to be more focused on, conversations around topics that you know might be a little harder to talk about like though you know why can't i say the n-word or other topics we have coming up as well as um just topics about life and our you know like daily struggles and stuff like we're we're currently have a running series going through the shows we're talking about the process of building a house right which is a painful expensive ass process and very frustrating hey, so by the way as a little side tangent or as you guys on your show call them the tangent of tangents can you tell the story for uh, the On the Edge listeners about why you're building this house and what happened that led up to that event? Because this is, it's not funny, but it's kind of funny. With Oh, God. Okay. So, um, <laughs> well, we owned a house in Paulsville for a long time. It was a beautiful, big, you know, six bedroom, 3,200 square foot house. It was two car garage. Nice. Right. And uh, we, my, my wife's mother-in-law lives up in where we're at now. And uh, we decided after long conversations with them to change cities, change counties, uproot our, our kids from school and, and move to a rat uh, because we were going to be, you know, the, the, we're, they had some land on a lake. Right. They, they live on a lake. And like, well, land, land on a lake, that's pretty cool. You know, kids, you know, assuming my, my eldest son, Cody, loves to go fishing all the time. So this works. And uh, so we moved up here. We moved in with them in a small little three bedroom lake home to build a house. Right. And then after about <laughs> after about eight months, I decided that I could no longer live with my father-in-law because it was, um, let's just say tensions were high. One of us likes the president. One of us doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, the one that doesn't chose to leave. Right. So, um, you know, no offense if you like the president or not. That's fine. I don't care. I don't care if you want to be a Republican or a Democrat. That's totally up to you. I'm not going to hate you because you like Trump. But I will dislike you for the things you say <laughs> if sure, they're racist yeah. and prejudiced and bullshit absolutely not saying he's a, not that he's a racist or a prejudice it's just there's some things that i don't agree with sure, absolutely i'll leave it there um so we moved out into the house that was way overpriced and we went to move out of the house like the week we were going to move out of the house my little son decided to flood the upstairs of the house <laughs> yeah so I'm taking my daughter to ballet. I get a call from my eldest son. Uh, the the reef is the, the roof is leaking. I'm like, what are you talking about? I'm like, the kitchen it's pouring water. <laughs> I'm like, oh my god. So the upstairs toilet flooded, flooded the kitchen. They had to like gut the whole thing out. Luckily, we were we were moving out at the time. Right, right. We we're already in the process of getting out, and uh, we actually moved out faster so they could get in and do all their work and shit. And then that long story short, we're now suing our landlord because he's trying to hold us liable for a toilet that was, that was malfunctioning. Right, that he knew about. So right now we're in the process of suing him. So fuck that guy. But um, <laughs> now we're back. So on the property that we're building a house on, it's it's a it's two parcels that are merged into one. There's a small little rental on it that we're now living in, which is a two bedroom, 800 square foot mobile home that I now have myself, my wife, my five kids and three cats. In. Yes. So, uh, yeah, that's that's a whole fucking ton of people for a very small uh, uh, dwelling, yeah. we'll call it. Right. It's it's the saving grace is the fact that the lake is across the street so the kids can go swimming, sure. they can go fishing 
and just get the fuck outside and not be in the house because the house is really tiny. Like my desk here, where I'm recording right now, is at a desk like three feet from the dining room table and a foot and a half from the from the living room couch. Oh man, it's a smashed in between. It is terrible, <laughs> but it works. We're, make, we're making it work the best awesome. we can. And so to, so, so to bring that back, so to bring that back home and, into what you guys are are doing on haphazard adventures. I, I would wager to call that a haphazard adventure. And so you guys are going to yeah. have, you're going to have discussions about real life things, uh, things that yeah. pop up, you know, I, I love the, why can't I segment idea? I think that's pretty awesome. And I hope that you get a chance to dig into some, some pretty deep topics. I think that that opens up the door for it's gonna be, piles of craziness. It is. And we have, um, one of my close friends, John Anderson, who, has been on Spoiler Country. He's been on Watch Sail Radio or, or before Half Past Adventures. Um, he's been my writing partner for various comic projects. Um, he's basically the same as me, except he's gay, right? right. I mean, just the only, it's really the only difference. So We're pretty much the same person. Is, we have the same so views. So he is the same as you. <laughs> yeah, pretty yeah. much. Yeah, exactly. Awesome. He he's just open about it, you know. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. So side tangent. Last night, my mom. I was at my mom's house playing cards. With my it was my sister, my mom, and my wife. We're all playing cards, and uh, something came up. Was like, you know. Are you going to come out? I'm like, of the closet? Not yet. (laughs) (laughs) My mom's like, John. (laughs) Don't you like making your parents like super uncomfortable? It's really funny. Oh, it's so great. It's, it's, it's so easy too. It's so easy. Yeah. And but, I can't imagine like if you have a conservative parents and you just, you know, talk about stuff. No, like I don't. That. I, I don't. My parents, my parents are full on liberals. It's, it's, they don't, they don't care. Oh, got it. <laughs> so yeah, um, that's uh, the idea of, of having those kind of conversations I think is, is fun. And so, yeah. you know, that, that, that direction that you're taking obviously is going to separate it from your, from your duties yeah. on spoiler country. Um, now you just got back from uh, San Diego Comic-Con. I and did. Yeah. You pulled yeah. double duty at Comic-Con as well. Uh, so, <laughs> so, uh, how did you guys decide like what was going to be a spoiler country topic and then what was going to be a, uh, topic for haphazard or for Y2CL or whatever you were calling it at that time. Right. So that was, that was actually pretty easy. So, um, spoiler country is comic pop culture based, right? right? So anything that was, uh, an interview with a comic creator or a writer or an artist, right? Right. Or uh, comic book news was straight spoiler country. Why to see our radio at the time or now haphazard adventures. Uh, it was more stuff because my sister was, was with us as well. So it was my wife, myself, my sister, and then Kenrick, Kenrick too. Right. So if it was stuff that the three, the three of us were doing without Kenrick, then it was pretty easy. Okay. This is going to be for our show because it's more family based, more what we're doing kind of like slice of life of what we're doing at the show, you know, and we don't do much with cosplay on Spoiler Country, right. but on the other show, my wife and I both love cosplay. So we talk about cosplay. We talk to cosplayers and have them on the show oh, cool. and talk to them about their stuff. And uh, has Kenrick ever crashed that show? He has been on the show. Yeah, he's so in our San Diego show, not this year, but last year, um, we did a couple of like game night episodes where we played like, what do you mean? And Cards Against Humanity and just recorded it. And then I edited it to where like it was faster. Um, and he was on he was on those ones. Oh, awesome. Yeah. So he's he's been on two episodes so far. Two episodes. So yeah. So how was your your experience at Comic Con this year? I mean, last year was when Spoiler Country started, uh, and yeah, and you're, <laughs> a week a weekend. Yeah, literally, <laughs> it's like, hey, we're getting sponsored to go down to Comic Con, and and you guys had a was, bunch of just crazy shit happen right out the gate. You got to talk to a bunch of badass yeah. people. Uh, you know, Mike Grell, Robert Kirkman, um, and just and. That was it just awesome. started with a bang for you guys. And so now that you've had a full year under your belt for that, what was different about this year's Comic-Con 
um, in regards to what you did with Spore the Country? And then how did you take that experience and apply that to a haphazard? So this year was different because we were, more, we were more prepared, right? I've been to San Diego before as an as an attendee or as a well, I mean, I used to I used to own a comic book store, right? Way back in the day. Oh shit, I didn't know that. So I've been, yeah. Well, shock. I mean, it was an online store. You know, we used to read my sister, my dad, and myself, my mom, and my sister's husband, Mike. We all ran an online comic book store for about seven years. I mean, we're, it was it was relatively successful. But we ended up stopping because my dad got cancer and we had to focus on him and he couldn't help out anymore and stuff. But, sure. Um, we used we used to go to San Diego through that so i've been there as an attendee slash you know store owner before and uh, but this year going as a as a podcast with an agenda of like getting interviews and learning learning information is is a totally different experience right, right. so this year we were more prepared because we had already done it the year before so we kind of knew the ropes of where to go what to do what to set up beforehand who, who to talk to and um what days to not try and do interviews because saturdays are, are insane at comic-con yeah so we just we were more organized like we were able to get in, get to where we wanted to go. We weren't as frustrated with each other. It's like the first year, we got kind of frustrated with each other because it's like one person wanted to go do this, one person wanted to go do that. It's like, okay, what are we here for? What's our purpose? Why? What do we need to do? And we kind of didn't like sit and go, okay, we want to go shopping for these, you know, this first half of the day, and we want to, we want to have these interviews done at the end. It was just kind of like we'd walk around and just do random shit the first year. This year, I, I spent a lot of time reaching out to artists and writers, scheduling times to meet with them, you know, contacting people, say, okay, let's let's make sure we hit these people and talk to them for the show. Let's make sure we hit these certain events to get to talk about on the show and stuff like that. So it was a lot more organized. And we're going to take what we learned this year and apply it to next year and uh, try and be a little bit more organized. Because ideally, it'd be perfect if we could just record and um, record people like at set times and then be done with it, not have to like randomly walk people. Oh, hey, can we talk to you? You know, have it, you know, obviously still some of that, but have enough people pre-set up beforehand to where we're not scrambling to make sure we have enough content for each daily episode. Because, you know, we put out seven or eight episodes at each, each Comic-Con, which is an intense event which to do that every day. that's fucking insane because, you know... That was my idea. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. well, we all know you're out of your fucking mind. But I'm the insane one in the group, definitely. Yeah, I mean, just <laughs> to put that in perspective, I mean, the average podcast, people don't typically record, edit, post on the same day. That usually takes, no. you know, sometimes a couple of days, sometimes up to a week, depending on how, how much editing there is to do. So um, to release more or less an episode every day, and then in your case with two shows, sometimes more than one episode a day, that's just, that's just insane to me uh, to, to even fathom taking on that much stuff. Yeah, it's, well, I have this problem. And it comes when we talk about the comics I used to do, we'll talk more about it there. But I have this problem where when I get into something, I you're, go overboard. You're, all, and you're I just, all in. I'm all fucking in, man. And I figure I want to put out the best product I can. And I want to put out I, I don't want to lack of it. I want to if I if I can put out more content, I want to put out more content, right? Right. So the idea of putting out daily episodes at cons was something I taught Kenrick into back in the first day. I was like, Kenrick, we need to do release an episode a day, just every day talking about what we're doing and he was at first he was like that's a lot of episodes i'm like don't worry about it i'll edit them i'll make the graphics we'll get it up it'll be done wishing to record stuff i was like okay cool so that kind of started the trend right at san diego we did that we did it at um i went to san francisco last year and we did it there we did it at rose city in portland we did it at emerald city in seattle jet city in tacoma um we're doing it again at rose city this year and at other shows too so we released and we did we did it at ace comic-con we did it at uh the washington twain geek fest you know we basically go record at the con and then record stuff at home and then 
edit it real quick and, and release it. It's actually not if you if you record your stuff right, right, you know, to where you when you record your interviews, you make sure that uh, <laughs> you don't mess up as much as you can. Right. Like you're talking to people. And you, <laughs> it's it sounds dumb to say, which is make sure you keep the conversation going. There's not a lot of lulls. Right. Right. There's not a lot to edit out. It's basically you're just basically you're just dropping it in, making sure the intro and the outro of that piece fits and flows. And then the middle content. Usually there's not a lot of editing to do in that middle content when you do it at live shows because you want that ambience in the background. You want that on the on the floor feel because that's what people that, like. Yeah, a lot of people like that on the floor feel. Yeah. So the editing is actually not that bad. It's just it's just you know when you have when you're doing uh you know, and, uh, usually it's usually about there at a half hour four to five minutes for one of those episodes getting the intro the outro the music all that lined up edited together creating the show graphic getting the all the post stuff done. It, I mean it takes a lot of time like. At Comic Con San Diego, I'm usually up until about one or two every morning, getting everything done and posted. Yeah, that's nuts. And so, th- was yeah. the process <laughs> was the process the same for uh, for Haphazard Adventures? Did you find yourself doing the same thing? Does Does Kaylee get involved in any of the editing or post production stuff? Hey, Kaylee, by the way, no, <laughs> no, she does not. Uh, she just shows up for the show. That's fine. Um, for 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 San Diego for Haphazard, we just recorded stuff and we release it later afterwards. Okay, because I told her we decided that hey. Um, I don't want to have to do this twice, so we'll just do Spoiler Country. That's what we're here for, and we'll record other stuff for the other show, and then we'll release it when we get home. Got it. Okay, you know? that makes sense then. I was wondering, how yeah, the, how the it, fuck are you going to balance that? <laughs> and that's just out of control. It, it would be, I mean, I'm not saying I couldn't do it. I'm just saying it's 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 crazy because I don't, I don't know. I don't sleep a lot when I'm, when I'm into things like this. When I want to do stuff, I'll just sleep four hours, get up and do more. Right. And uh, my wife says I'm insane, you know, but I, I whatever, I don't care. It's fun. <laughs> awesome. So so this year you were there as, you know, more or less, we'll, we'll call it media, right? I mean, your your focus was yeah. on on actual covering the events rather than as being a, a consumer. But right. um, so you have a unique perspective, I think, that I, I kind of wanted to dive into is that um, you are involved in in the industry, in the comics industry, as an artist, as a writer. And, um, and I, I just now found out that you owned a comic book shop, which is super fucking, <laughs> super epic. So that, that kind of makes a lot of sense. So um, how, is your perspective different when you go to these places, knowing that, that you're somewhat involved? Um, how do you approach those conversations as somebody who's does the same stuff, but now you're talking to somebody on the other side of the table? Well, I think so. I, I think it does change perspective a little bit. Like, I think I have a different perspective than Kenrick does. Kenrick comes to it from the fan side. Um, very, you know, very knowledgeable fan side, very passionate fan side. Right. But I come to it from not only from the fan side, but I've also been writing and drawing, you know, web comics and comics since, you know, for 16 right. years. And uh, so I have that experience of knowing what it takes to write a comic and to draw a comic and knowing what kind of what kind of. Um, time it takes to, to to complete something and how much passion you have to have to get an indie project done because it's not easy and it's not cheap yeah and having that experience uh when we talk to people especially when we do it when we talked about people talk about people's kickstarters or we talk to people at shows and you know i don't always tell them that i'm an artist myself or a writer myself you know it, it, i usually only mention it if it comes up and it makes sense for the conversation because my whole goal is i'm not i'm not doing that show to you know promote myself at all right. Right. As a writer artist, because I figure I'll do that elsewhere. But if it comes up or if it makes sense in the conversation, I'll, I'll bring it up. Right. So usually when I mention that when we're talking, it usually uh, opens up the person to say, oh, 
you understand. Let's go a little deeper into this, which is nice. Yeah, that was kind of what I what I would think would happen is if if I mean you don't want to blatantly say, oh, by the way, I'm an artist and a ratter just right. like you, but you know <laughs> <laughs> my shit's better than your shit. Why are you rich and no, I live? I would never yeah, say that exactly. You know, so but I I could out loud at least I could understand that you know once somebody feels that they're talking to somebody who's on the same wavelength that does open up. Right. Hey, I can talk on these terms. I can use this verbiage. I can. I, I can right. really dig into the insider things that maybe I wouldn't divulge to somebody who is going to be a, you know, a casual five second interview. Hey, how are you? Tell me about your stuff. Thanks. And see you later. Exactly. Exactly. It, it allows you to have that more in depth conversation about stuff. Even if it just goes a little bit further, I, th- I feel like when it makes sense and you're with the right kind of person, it, it allows the conversation to go extra places, which is awesome. And we have, we've had some great interviews with people where conversations went uh, completely left field when we expected, like we had one, one of our signal boost episodes, I interviewed this girl, this lady. I can't remember what her book was called off the top of my head, but it was about like anxiety and and medical issues people have, right? And you know, I kind of we kind of opened up and talked. I ended up talking about you know my anxiety and stuff that I have going on that I've I've experienced in my life, sure. and we ended up going into this. She ended up opening up a ton and ended up being this really good conversation about anxiety and depression and and how people just need to be open with their mental illness because. If you, the more you hide it, the worse it gets. So you need to even the stigma of, oh, it's, if you have a mental illness, you're, you're a bad person, whatever needs to just fucking go away. Sure. And especially, especially with men, if you have, if you have anxiety or, or depression, not talking about it is doing you more harm. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> There's nothing unmanly about, about admitting you have anxiety or depression and trying to work through it. There's, it's, it's more manly to work through it than it is to just ignore it. So you're so, you're so fucking, and we talked right about now. that. I am so fucking manly, especially with this voice. <laughs> <laughs> but so we talked about that and it was, you know, it ended up going, you know, starting from talking about her comic to talking about opening up about anxiety and depression is a great thing and talking about her issues and my issues and kind of ended up being like a 15 minute long conversation that was honestly by the end of it was very refreshing. You yeah. Know? Awesome. I like refreshing conversation. Oh, me too. <laughs> yeah. This is very refreshing. So, oh, yeah. um, to kind of back it up for a couple seconds. So you had your, your crazy thing with your house that we talked about. And one yeah. of the things that happened was when you realized that you had to move, uh, in a very short amount of time, you basically <sighs> put up more or less, uh, a crowdfunding thing. It was, I think on Indiegogo, correct. And, uh, or, or one of those things to, to help kind of finance your move and, as a result or as, as part of the benefits of doing that, you say, Hey, if you guys uh, help me out here and donate, I'll send you this sweet ass care package. And, uh, yep. so was, yeah. yeah, talk about that for a second. Yeah. So I, you know, I don't like asking for money for nothing, sure. right? I, I have a hard time with taking free money without giving something for it just because I believe everything you get, everything you get should get something for it. Even though I donate money to charities and I do all kinds of stuff Absolutely. too. Absolutely. I fully feel that if somebody is going to help me out, I should give them something in return. Right. So what I did is on, on Etsy, Etsy, I made a care package or yeah, I made a care package where it was like, I think it was like $25 and you got uh, a couple comic books, a print an original, uh, an original drawing and some other stuff. <coughs> yes. Me. So, and, um, go ahead. yeah. And, and I just put together, I figure, okay, $25 is pretty cheap or it's a, a good price, right? Let's give them a comic book to read of my ridiculous shit that I've done a couple of prints or so, and then an original piece of art. So they're getting their money's worth. So I put that up there and, um, you know, uh, you thankfully got one and a couple of people got one. So really it helped out a lot. It was yeah, nice. And so that's, that's kind of what I want to talk about. So I, I did, I donated to this cause cause 
I think you're a super fucking awesome person. And I thought that that situation was Thank shitty. You. And the fact that I knew that you were an artist and a writer and we talked about it when you guys were, um, when spoiler country was guests on, on the edge, uh, several months ago. And so I said, you know what? I, I would have helped. You. That was last. That was last year. It man. was last year. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I was going to, I would have helped you out with it anyway, but I was like, okay, cool. Well, I'm going to check out this stuff. So I did indeed get this care package and this package has three books. It's got, uh, the forest land of, I don't know how to say this. Schnee. 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 Okay, cool. <laughs> uh, it's got uh, Y2CL presents the holiday special and then it's got randomly random, uh, which yep. randomly random. <laughs> I got to tell you, man, th- this shit is fucking hilarious. And I mean, you just get into like on the second page, there's a, <laughs> uh, it's got, uh, this guy about uh, the real life Garrett, if you will. Uh, but it's got a dude with a gay penis. <laughs> yep. Yep. I mean, a second gay. He has two penises. The second one's gay and, to- and talks. Oh, so funny. And his name is Melvin. Yeah. And so, you know, I'm looking at the differences between all these books. They have different art styles. Um, they have different, like some of the characters, there's definitely a, a John Horsley style in regards to, you know, how yeah. each of the characters look, but the concepts behind these all seem to be totally different. And the first thing I noticed, Hey, I just opened this up randomly and there's tits. Um, yeah. oh, hey. <laughs> hey, there you go. Uh, oh wait, no, those are yours. Um, yeah, probably, probably. <laughs> hey, I just got some John Horsley photographs there. I only, so in, in 13 years of doing web comics, I only ever drew tits once. There's no nipples on them though. <laughs> right well no on the ones i yeah the one the ones i drew had nipples and it was on a comic strip for this is gonna sound bad and out of context it's gonna make me sound like a horrible person but that's fine whatever um in the comic y2cl originally there was uh, i had three jesus christ characters right um which is blasphemous i know there was regular jesus there was gangster jesus and there was nazi jesus but nazi jesus was a woman okay so and she started out as a man in the comic strip in a full on like Nazi guard uniform, but she hated it. She was just so she's the whole point was, well, somebody has to be the bad guy kind of thing. Sure. Right. But then she transformed into a woman. And on the transformation page is where you see a pair of tits. Right. And it's like and the whole the whole ending joke is um, her brother gangster Jesus goes, hey, nice tits, bro. <laughs> but and then, <laughs> and then she becomes a voice for like, you know transgender and gay rights and women's rights and like how she changed her name from Nazi Jesus to NJ and how it's like the past is a past and she's trying trying to get past that stigma kind of sure. shit but and that all those names all come from playing Tony Hawk with the real life Garrett and making characters called gangster Jesus and Nazi Jesus and like trying to be you know I mean, it's all stupid shit but you know sure that's how, that's how it goes <laughs> you know and, and aside from the fact that um one thing I like about this stuff and by no means am I an expert yet on your work but just at a glance uh, the quality of the publications is freaking top notch. I mean, the the oh, binding's you. great. The the feel of the paper is perfect. They're easy to turn. Um, they're glossy. This is this is stuff that you would pay really good money for in a store, um, especially if it was going to be something that you kept up with as far as a series goes. And yeah, I mean, these are you know cover price on these guys is you know four bucks, five bucks. So in your care package. I got three of these things, uh, which was great, uh, as well as, yeah, there's a couple of photos, not photos, but like uh, art prints looks like one's uh, like a Wolverine um, and then uh, black and white kind of a 
profile pick that looks pretty awesome. So let's talk about some of your your characters that you've created over the years. Okay. Yeah. Who's a uh, what's one that stands out to you the most that maybe most people would be familiar with? Well, so in the main so in the thirteen years I did, I did web comics, right from two thousand two to two thousand sixteen. I created a total of 11 different webcomic series. Okay. So that I wrote and drew and a couple of my people, people come in, help me on like as co-writers and co-artists and stuff. But for the most part, it was me through and through doing all of them. So from the main series, the main series, Y2CL, which started out as being called Y2 Christ light, which has a very interesting backstory. If you want to hear it sometime, but it's, um, I shortened it to Y2CL cause I got tired of explaining the whole Christ part. I'm like, no, it has nothing. It has nothing to do with Jesus. It's not a really, I mean, Jesus is in the comic book, but it's not, it's not, not a religious, a religious comic, comic you know, so yeah. I, right? So I just dropped down to Y2CL, but uh, um, in that comic book, that that all the characters are actually based around me and my friends, and I just was lazy and kept the same name. So like, the main character JN is based off of me because my name is JN in real life, and like with my friend Dylan, my friend Garrett, my friend Calvin, all those all those people are real people. <laughs> so and I'm sure they love. The, I don't know how they. Yeah. This one dude's always I don't know how they yeah, feel. This one dude's always jerking off under blankets, it seems like. And yep, that's that's Dylan. That's Dylan. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'll just say this. I I started that comic in 2002, and I only talked to one of those guys still. So we'll see. Oh yeah. So uh, so clearly the you being a, a famous comic writer has uh, affected your friendships famous. positively. Right. Right. Well, I mean, I did give Garrett a second gay penis because we were joking one day. I was like, "Well, that's fine, man. I'm going to give you a second gay penis." Like, no, you're not. I'm like. Fuck yes, I am. <laughs> That's amazing. Most of the most of the early like first two years of me doing comics was basically me trying to find ways to upset my friends and make them and make them laugh. Right. <laughs> so I just did crazy shit. But um, character wise, if I'm not doing the characters that are based upon me and my friends, I have a character that I created in the first couple of strips of Y2CL, which was called Larry the Coked Out Bunny. And he's a one armed rabbit, a one armed anthropomorphic rabbit that has a coke problem. And he is the ruler of the land, the forest land of Schnee. And he is just this crazy rabbit that is just, you know, has one arm because he lost it in a, in a battle. And he tries to be this ruler, but he's terrible at it. And he has these Springbot robots as his as his companions that do all this stuff for him. He's at war with these this clan of female ninjas. And it's just I, I tried to go for as ridiculous as possible with him. And it just he became a popular character because people like you know, talking rabbits apparently. And um, he was also a lot of fun to draw too. Cause he just says, I, 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 I created his character while I was playing bingo with my mom. So I was at bingo. Cause I was like, I was bored and bingo was kind of fun sometimes. And I had bingo daubers and I, I just used a red dauber and made a big red nose. And then I started like coloring with bingo daubers and I took a pen and like drew around it and it ended up being a drawing of, of Larry for the first time with this big old like red clown nose. And I just kept that with him. So Larry has this big old fucking circle clown nose. It's just bright red with a green with a green mohawk and uh, he became you know a fan favorite character real quick to where you know I wouldn't use him all the time but I would, I would bring him in for punchlines here and there I'd bring him in for storylines and he would be he was a big part of the the zombie storyline I did for a couple years and um he was probably the most recognizable character that I ever I ever created for for any of my comics are you still working on on some of those characters with new material or have you retired that stuff and I know there's a project you're working on that I, I want to talk about here in a few minutes, but uh, um, uh, that when that would be the uh, the Ein's anthology. Um, but yeah. uh, you know, curious what you're doing in the sense of uh, you know strips and things like that. So for the most part, all of the web comics I did are retired. 
YGCL, Inanimate, Sergeant Blinky and His Brigade of Fantastic, Furry Animal Magic, Fuzzy Memory, Skit and Scat, uh, what else was there? PD Comics and Stolen Ideas. All those are retired for the most part. Um, I don't do them anymore. Oh, and Joel and Only. Joel and Only is a fun series I'll talk about in a minute. Okay. Um, I retired all those for the most part. I say for the most part because um, I do have a little sketchbook that I draw in every day or try to draw in every day. And in it, I draw little comic strips with the Y2CL characters. And I call it Y2CL Daily. It's not really daily, but it's just – and I post them on Instagram. Sure. Um, if you want to follow me on Instagram, my Instagram handle is just Y2CL. But I do little silly daily comics with those characters there. So those characters do live on. Not in a long form comic like they used to be in, but more just like ridiculous, stupid strips every every couple of days or so. Right. Um, but Jill and Only is a series that I actually created with my wife, um, which she, <laughs> she doesn't hate it, but she doesn't, it's not all for it. Because what happened is years and years ago, she drew a character of me and my friend Jeff, and she called it Jill and Only and Jeffers. And Jill and Only comes because my real name is just letter J and the letter N. So when I say when you say your name, what's your name? It's J only and only Joan Lynn only. Right? Oh, got it. Okay. So, and then Jeff became Jeffer to kind of go with the theme of Joan Lynn only. And my friend Calvin became Calvarina. So basically, Joan Lynn only was a was like a a parody comic of Y two CL because I took three of the main characters out of that comic book and then made ridiculous parodies of them that my wife drew. So I took her drawings, took them into Illustrator, and like made made them like a little cleaner and colored them and stuff. So I, I credit her as being the artist creator of the series which is like oh, john damn it <laughs> you know <laughs> you give her credit against her will pretty much i'm like i tell her against your will you're a comic artist she's like no i don't want to <laughs> you so just give her executive series, producer that, credit <clears throat> right well that series was fun because it allowed me to just kind of like while white to see i was telling stories it was telling jokes and it was but it was going into more long-form stories and stuff it allowed me to keep going with the just ridiculous stupid ass jokes in that series because Oh, and it was they were easy to do because all the characters were just Photoshop layers, right? I just move the layers around, modify their face a little bit in Photoshop and done. I wouldn't have to redraw anything every day. I'd throw a background in it real quick, make it make a static background, throw it in there, make jokes, be done. Right. And they were awesome. And I did a bunch of those. And it, it was it was it was probably my second or third most popular series of the ones I did, which, you know, which was pretty cool. But what I ended up doing like about two years ago or so, I was like, you know what? I, I have all this I have all this this material that I've created over these years. And it's, I took it all, it's all off. You can't read it anymore. It's all off the internet. I pulled it all down um, because I was like, you know what? I should print some of this up to short print runs. That way I have book formats to actually make some fucking money off this shit. Right. Right. (laughs) Cause I print up, I print up the books you have and I printed up a couple of, uh, a couple of John and only books of just strips and stuff like that. And they sold pretty well at cons. Like I sold out of them, which is nice. So I'm like, oh, people like these stupid ass fucking jokes. All right, cool. So what I did is I took all like 140 strips that I did of Joan Lynn only over the years. And this is where I got, this is where the insanity comes in. And I reformatted them into story format, like sequential art, like regular comic book yeah. format and created 10, 24 page issues oh, wow. of Joan Lynn only material. So I created a bunch of new material with it as well and reworked a bunch of old material, uh, fixed some of the, the jokes that were, didn't quite land right and, you know, made them a little better. Uh, wrote new material, created new artwork for it with the characters and shit, and then um, kind of made a theme for each issue. For each issue has like a, a an overall, I would say, plot very loosely, right? right. <laughs> but kind of tells these jokes in a more readable format than just strip, 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 strip. Sure. So I have that. They're all done. I finished them like I don't know, last year sometime. Uh, I just have to do covers for all of them. 
and then I have to figure out how the hell I'm going to release release them because I don't know if I should release them as individual issues, if I should just go digital, or if I should just do one giant book of all 240 pages. I don't know, but I have them done, and they're I've had a, I've had a couple people read them. And they say they're pretty funny, so I I, I don't know. You know, it's there. <laughs> Is this something that you might think about? You know, crowdfunding to to help with the cost of getting that uh, produced or. I might, I might, you know, if it was just, if I just had like a one or two issues, I would be, I would be, there ought to be up there on crowdfunding, but I have 10. Yeah. So, and the 10 that are done, right? I mean, I don't, have, I don't have to like, I can just crowdfund them one a month, be okay, done. But you know, who's going to back a comic book once a month, right? I, I it's got to, I got to, I've, I've got some feelers out talking to people to figure out what I should do with these, um, how I should release them. I, I might, I've been thinking about, I've been toying with the idea of releasing them once a month on Comixology, so digital format. Okay. <clears throat> and then once I get to like, three or four doing a Kickstarter for a collected work of issues three through one through three, one through four, and then doing the same thing. And then doing like doing like three collected trades of all, all 10 of them. And then, but doing that after they've been on uh comicsology on digital for a yeah. while, you know, because unfortunately my dumb ass took a break and any readers I had before, I'll have to refine or re get again because you know, when, as you know, when out of sight, out of mind, you don't read something for a while. You forget. Yeah, about no, it. absolutely. <laughs> yeah. I know how that goes. Yeah. So, so you've definitely, so you still have some stuff in the works. Uh, and we, we did talk about some, some crowdfunding now. So again, something that I've been fascinated with since I first started talking to you, and I don't know what the fascination with this is for me, whether or not this, this picture (laughs) that I have that I got in that cool package is even more intriguing. Uh, and I'll, I'll post a picture of this uh, if that's okay with you on uh, on the page yeah, after. Yeah, go ahead. But, uh, so the Ainz Anthology, um, it, did I say that right? Yes, oh, yes, Ainz. Cool. So uh, describe this project for me because I, I definitely want to know more. And I think you've done a great job with this, hey, coming soon. I've, I'm working on this big project. And and uh, yeah. I, I, want, I need to know, I have to know more about this. Perfect. I love it. So this came up because I love drawing. One of the things I love drawing the most is monsters, right? I love drawing any kind of monsters or scary shit. And I love drawing deformed people, zombies, you know, random demons. I I just, I gravitate to drawing that when I'm just sketching, it's going to be some kind of a fucking zombie or demon or something weird. And I decided to lean into it, right? I'm like, you know what? I should, I should see what I can do with this and kind of push myself a little bit. So I had this idea of the Ions anthology or the Ions family. It all started because um, the Ions actually started as a sci-fi story. I was writing a story, working on a story about my family, about me and my kids based in the future off off world. And it was going to be a story about the father having anxiety and depression. So I, was gonna, I wanted to write a story to kind of work through my own issues by telling it in a sci-fi fantasy realm. Okay. Right. So I started working on that and I wanted to make it, this is all, you know, I don't know, uh, self-boasting or I don't know, whatever you call it, but I, I wanted to make the family have some relation name-wise to me and to my family. So I was like, okay, I don't want to call them the Horsleys. I don't want to call them something that's obvious, but I was like, okay, Ains. I, I came with that because, you know, my legal name is letter J. My middle name is little letter N. So, and in high school, I went by JN. So I, was, I, I just kept saying JN in my head, which became... I used to be called Jan or Jen a lot because people say Jan fast. It comes out as Jan or Jen. Right. And then that just morphed into, okay, J-N, and, and then to Eins. I was like, hey, do the Eins because it's kind of – I came to that from J-N. So it came from my first name, first middle name. And then I was like, okay, I call them the Eins family. And so I started working on the story today kind of like talk about 
my depression and my kids and my, my anxiety and shit stuff that I, I feel like the more I talk about it, the less I experience it. Right. So, and then that, that project kind of stalled because I got kind of worked up on other stuff and I didn't, I, I always plan to finish it, but I only got like about a page or two in on, 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 on the story stuff. But then I was like, you know what? Let's do this. Let's create a family tree because if this is going to be a family thing, let's do it to where it's history. And there's this whole, uh, this whole outlining thing to this entire family. And let's bring in supernatural and monsters and shit. Cause I love drawing monsters and shit. And like the one thing I hate drawing, it's not that I'm bad at it, but I hate drawing is like straight line structures, <laughs> right? Yeah. Your, like your style has a lot of, you know, curved lines and asymmetrical yeah. shapes. Right. I, just, I I like doing stuff that has flow to it. And like when you draw sci-fi, when you do sci-fi, sci-fi is a lot of like ships and straight lines and mechanical boxes and shit. Right. And it's just boring to me. I, and so I was like, it's, that's kind of what drove me away from doing the sci-fi thing. Cause like, uh, this is going to be a lot of tedious work. I'm not going to be able to have fun flowing the lines. So that brought me to horror and, and supernatural stuff. So I, I started working on this family tree, starting with um, myself or, or, you know, somebody my age right now, and then working it forwards in time to about 2113 and then working it backwards in time to um, 1100. So it's about, you know, a, a 2000 year or a thousand or so year, uh, 2000 years timeline to yeah, 2000 years. Sorry, I can't count right on my head. It's too early. Um, timeline of a family tree with about 260, 300 or so different characters, all with names, birth dates, death dates, stuff like that. And I created this entire expansive family tree where there's like, you know, you have the, the people who went over to England and like, you know, were in England and migrated here. And then the, 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 there's the, the British side of the family and then the U.S. side of the family. And then I <clears throat> has the idea. I was like, well, this is a great way for me to work with new people. So what I'll do is I will hire 20, 25 writers to pick a timeline or pick a spot on the timeline and a family member and let them write a story about it. Do a four to eight page story based around the timeline they want to pick. And the family member that they want to choose on other parts of the family they want to write, write about. I'll help them with like, you know, who the kind of like who the character is. But for the most part, I wanted the, whoever was writing the story to have kind of carte blanche on create creativity to make it a, you know, a better story. And I told them, I was like, you can write the story about it can be any genre you want to do it in. You can write a Western. You can write a, a straight up, a straight up horror. You can write a suspense. You can make it a comedy. You can make it whatever you want to do. The only requirements are, is you have to, have a member of the Ions family be the main focus of the story and it has to deal with something supernatural because the whole idea is this one family the Ions and not the, not the only family, but they're the main family that has this affinity for the supernatural whether it's to find them out and to hunt them to leave them alone to have them the, the supernatural elements of the demons whatever hunt them some don't care some do care some are good some are bad some are neutral like there was no I, I wanted to make sure there was clear there was no like you know good path bad path is like the demon, the, the supernatural beings, as well as the ions, could be on either side of that coin, right? So there could be good demons, there could be bad demons, because time works in weird ways, and people change their views sometimes. Yeah, absolutely. So I hired these writers to do it, and and we, I got some really great stories, great writers come on, and um, the original idea was I was going to draw all twenty to twenty five stories for this book, so the book would basically be like a portfolio of mine around this idea that I loved, and this 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 story that was just just great stories these writers wrote. And I started, I, you know, I got, went through all the writers, got them all. I, it was crazy, man. I put the call out on a Facebook group and I ended up getting like 250 people responding to it and sending me samples to read. 
and I had to like read through all these samples and whittle it down to about, you know, 20, 25 people, which was a hard process to do because there were some really good samples in there. Right. So what, so where picked, is, where is the, what's the status of it now? I mean, is it, it's actively in production, correct? It is, uh, it is actively inactively. So it goes up and down uh, be, with life and work and podcast stuff and moving around. And the fact that I have no art space right now, right. Um, it's slow. I have, I would, I would say I probably have about 30% of the first book okay. done, right? Um, art, and, it's, and well, by done, I mean to artwork, not to lettering, because lettering is another step I have to do, but I have about 30% done to art, and um, which is good, um, but I, I have brought in a couple of other artists to work on stories with me, you know? Um, every story I have some, either, either I write it, or I pencil it, I ink it, or I color it. One, I, I do one of the things in each story. Um, but I have brought I brought in like you know Greg Warren to to pencil a story for me. He did a great job penciling a World War One zombie story. Uh, I had my friend Rick Bugby. He did the uh, pencils and inks for actually two stories that I wrote. Um, one of them is called Camelot's Gift, which is a really great mindfuck story in baby space in the forties. And then he actually drew the. Uh, I have one story that takes place like in medieval times, like eleven hundred castles and stuff like that. And he he drew he drew that one as well off of a story that I wrote. Um, then I had like uh, this guy, DC Alonzo. He did colors for me on one of the pages because I wrote the story. So I was like, well, I'll, I'll have somebody who's this guy's a fantastic colorist. He came in and colored it for me. Um, I've had a couple other people come in and like do pencils or do inks for my pencils to kind of like spread the work out a little bit because it's a lot of work to draw 200 and some pages by yourself. Sure. <laughs> so, but ideally, my goal was to launch this in October. And I still could because I've got, you know, 30% of it done or so like that. I still could launch it do the Kickstarter for it and then, you know, work on finish the pages afterwards, but I'm not doing that. I don't want to launch the book until I have at least 75, 80% of the book done of the first book of the first book. Right. Yeah. Which is going to be about, you know, I got to have about 180 some pages done before I'm, I'm comfortable launching this, launching the book. Ideally I would have the entire thing done launch the Kickstarter. Like, Look, the book's already done. This is just to cover cost of printing. Uh, but you know, I, cause I don't, I prefer to launch things when they're done, not, Hey, you, you buy the book now, then I'll work on it for the next year and you'll get it sometime next year. I mean, a lot of people do that and it works out well. Some people do that and they don't ever finish the book. I would rather show people that, hey, I've this is how much I've got done or it is done. You can trust that you're going to get your book, you know, stuff like that. Yeah. So, I mean, you have it right now. Basically, if I if I'm reading this correctly, it's kind of in pre-order status. Am I am I understanding that correctly? Do you have it, it will be. I mean, I, di- I did do a pre-order for it um, during the spoiler country. uh Indiegogo for Comic-Con. Right. There was an option for people to pre-order. I don't know if anybody saw it there because nobody pre-ordered it. Um, I also didn't promote it very well because that was a pain in the ass, man. We, all, we were on Kickstarter to go to San Diego and then we got kicked off Kickstarter because apparently we broke some rule. I don't know what rule we broke. It was dumb. We did Indiegogo. We were fine there. But then like while it was live in Indiegogo, I had no time to actually promote the damn thing because my job went, I mean, I went, I went from working, you know, eight hours a day to working 12 to 16 hours a day. Sure. For that month. And then I got a different job and now I'm not doing that anymore. So like for that month of the Indiegogo, I was working my ass off like all the time. <laughs> How, uh, as far as besides myself, um, I mean, this has been a long-term project for you. How many yeah. people, you know, express interest in this thing? I mean, do you think the demand is, is there? I mean, is it inspiring to keep going because people are interested in this or? Well, everybody I've ever told about this story or shown any of the pages to has been very into it, right? We even talked to Andy Kubert, who is a, a legendary artist and, and comic. He drew a bunch of really great 
uh, X-Men stories back in the day. He drew the first print of Gambit and X-Men. Uh, we talked to him at San Diego about it, and he was he was all about the story. He thought it was great. He was, telling, he was just telling us how awesome the idea was, which is, I mean, he may have been placating a little bit, but he genuinely he genuinely seemed interested in the story. And we talked to him. I talked to him for a good couple of minutes about it, you know, in line talking, you know, and he was sounded like that was an awesome idea. Like, oh, cool. And we've talked to a couple other, you know, creators and writers who have, have done some great things and all of them have been very receptive to the idea of, oh, this is, you know, this is like a great story. I was showing off some of the artwork that I've done and that people have done and everyone's like, oh, this looks really fucking cool. So everybody's been very positive about it. So the, the energy and the, the, the will to want to get it, because I feel like there is a demand for it is de- very much definitely there. And then the only reason why I'm not working harder on it is I don't have a space to actually draw. So if I want to work on a page right now, I have to clear off my desk that I'm sitting right now, which is a very small desk and then do it on my desk, which is also my work desk, which is also my podcasting desk, which is also my wife's work desk too. <laughs> so that's some crazy shit. Maybe you should like rent a studio or something. Dude. I, if I mean, I thought I've thought about getting one of those sheds right? and like putting it outside and like making that, making that my office. Yeah. <laughs> it's just a matter of money and time and like, uh, you know, it's going to be hot out there. <laughs> yeah, sure. No, absolutely. So this, uh, Ein's anthology, I'm looking forward to it. I know there's gotta be other people looking forward to it as well. The concept is mind boggling. And, uh, so is it, is it active on any kind of Kickstarter or any kind of a funding site right now? No, not right now. No, the only way anybody could appear it would have been through the, the Swift Country one, which obviously nobody, I didn't promote it at all. So nobody knew about it. Somebody did. Um, I will take the next time I do a, when I, when I start doing shows again, so I stopped doing uh, art shows like cons, cons mm-hmm. for my art because I had nothing new to promote. Right. And I didn't want to go keep going to cons with the same shit. So I, uh, I went to Jet City last year, which was my last table that I did. And I'm not going to do a table again until I have something new to present. Okay. So when I start doing that, and that'll probably be when I do Jolene Only, the humor series, I'll probably print some of those out and I'll do a con again. But when I do cons again, um, I'll start doing a pre-order at cons. Awesome. Yeah, I will. I will. But, I will contribute to the pre-order. I I will be there because uh, I'm I'm wanting to see this project come to light, and I'm very. I'm. I'll be a backer. I promise you that. That's, that's nice. Nice. I'll. I'll. After this, after we're done with this in a little bit, I will send you some pages that I just got back from uh, one of the artists that for a story I wrote, and uh, you can. It's they're pretty freaking mind-boggling. Awesome. Oh my god. So yeah. Cool. Look at that early access, bitches. It's yeah, all, that's what you get for being it's a friend. All in who you know that has a second gay penis. <laughs> so right. uh, no, no, I don't have the second gay penis. I just write a character who does have yeah, one. Yeah, well, right? you just told me that what you write about is your own life. So um, yeah, yeah, I have, a, I, have a, I have a first gay penis, not a second one. Nice. So uh, so going forward um, with uh, you know formerly Y two CL Radio and now Haphazard Adventures. Um, yeah. What are what are some of the things that you want people to know that, that you're working on? What's some stuff you got uh, coming down the pike? So for that show, we actually so we record that show. There's it, just understand that it's not a static show. We don't release on a static right. schedule. Which, yeah, my one. show. Same thing. Yeah, we release whenever we tend to get it done because that show is basically a way for Kay and I to vent, to talk things out and to just unwind in a matter that's fun because I found out that that the, the the bright light of that show, the good part of that show isn't me. It's her. Yeah. Right. She's the funny one. She's the clever one. She is the one that brings that show together. It's hundred percent her <clears throat> on the actual conversations. Cause uh, you know, I, I always thought, Oh, oh it's me. I'm, I'm the funny one. No, no, it's, it's, it's totally my wife, but you know, we're very busy people. So we record things when we have a chance right. to, 
that being said, we have like six episodes in the bag recorded. Where I have to edit and get up. Okay. Because <laughs> we just started recording. We just recorded a bunch of stuff and like, like oh shit, we got a ton of stuff to, to, to release. So, but you know, if, if people want to check it out, please do. It's a lot of fun. We have a lot of fun on that show. It's um, it's mostly just meant to be conversations that are are with our friends, with people that are interesting. Um, we had a couple authors reach out to us to that show, oddly enough, not slow country to come on, but there are more authors who wrote like nonfiction books about like self-help and stuff like that, which makes more sense for haphazard adventures. Yeah, absolutely. So how do, but, how do people find you uh, subscribe to your show? What platforms are you on? Well, right now that show, you just search white to see our radio. Cause I haven't changed the name on anything yet. So if you just search white to see our radio or go to white to see radio.com or go to white to see our radio on Twitter or anything like that, you'll find the show. Any, any podcatcher you're going to have, we'll just search white to see radio right now. You can subscribe to it. Um, I will change name probably here pretty soon. Once I get through the process of changing the name everywhere, okay. uh, which I haven't done yet. It's just, it's a huge pain in the ass to change the RSS feed and stuff yeah. like that. So I'll get there eventually. Um, but right now it's all under white to see our radio. So just search that you'll find it. Uh, we got some fun stuff coming up. A lot of deep conversations that go places. I mean, the next, what, uh, why can't I episode is going to be called why can't I say faggot? Um, <laughs> hey man, you can't say and, that. <laughs> uh, exactly. Exactly. Which is a word we, you used to be able to say with no problem and not, and, and not feel bad about it. Now I, I just said it and I, I kind of feel bad for saying it out loud, yeah. you know? So we're going to have my friend John on that episode. We're going to talk about that. That's going to go into a whole different, I mean, it's, that's the name of the episode is meant to like be eye catching, right? Like the, why can't I say the N word is meant to be like, Oh, what, what, yeah. what, you know? The conversation goes a lot of places outside of that. That's really good. Um, so the intent is an initial shock value, and then to have a, yeah, to a have bit. an actual exploratory, real world conversation about those taboos and those topics. Exactly. Yeah, because we want we want to talk about this stuff in, in a light form, not not really light form, in a a safe form to where we can all say what we want to say without getting angry right. or upset, and kind of see. I mean, I'm not by that thing. I'm not saying I want to say those words, but. Phrasing it that way makes it more impactful. Sure. Awesome. Well, you guys heard it here. You have some crazy stuff to look forward to from Haphazard Adventures with uh, John Horsley and his amazing wife, Kaylee. So uh, yep. I think uh, yep. I think we're going to wind this down here, man. Is there anything else you want to throw out there to the world before we call it a day? Sure. I have a third show, Oh, too. my God. Yeah. <laughs> It's, it hasn't launched yet, but it's, it's in the works. We've recorded some stuff for it. <laughs> All right. Spit it out. All right. So I have a show. I have a buddy from work. He, he doesn't work with me anymore. He works somewhere else now. But we, we, we always would just to get lunch and we would just talk about stuff. Him and I. So I lean more left politically and he leans more right okay. politically, right? I mean, we're, we're both in the, we're both middleists for a lot, a lot of things, centralists, but we both lean the opposite directions on, on, on topics. And he's the one, he's one of the guys that, He's one of those kind of guys you can have a conversation about something, a controversial topic, right? Like gun control or gay rights or whatever. And you guys may not see eye to eye, but that conversation is going to be a very good conversation about why he feels that way, why you feel that way. And, you know, you're not going to walk away hating each right. other. Or at least we don't, right? So we had this idea to make a show where we just, we just got lunch together and would talk about something. We'd talk about anything from sports to gun control to school shootings to anything right and it'd be a half an hour show and we're calling it hot takes and lunch breaks okay it right so the idea is him and i go to a restaurant we get lunch we talk about the where we're at we talk about the food we're eating and then we talk about whatever topic we've chosen for that show for the next 20 30 minutes and then we wrap it up with our summary of our food we got and the restaurant we're at 
wrap it up, send it out, and that's the show. We have recorded. I, I've made graphics for it. We have recorded the little. We made a little teaser episode. We're kind of like just talk about what it's about, which will go up pretty soon, and uh, then we're going to start actually recording the episodes here pretty pretty soon because I work from home on Wednesdays. Yeah, and he works close to where I live, so we're going to meet up for lunch every Wednesday and just have lunch together and record. And that'll start coming out. It'll probably come out biweekly. Okay. That way we have a little bit of a buffer space. But uh, it's basically going to be a way for two people who have similar but differing views on different sides of the coin to talk about topics, talk things out, and uh, kind of hear both points of view in a in a in a, in a a forum that's not just yelling and oh screaming. Oh my god, I fucking love that idea. That's amazing. Yeah. And we're going to be taking we're going to be taking topics from people who want. Like if, if somebody wants us to talk about X Y Z topic. They can email us or shoot us on Twitter and have us and ask it about it and we'll you know we'll we'll talk about it because we're we're always looking for suggest suggestions for that show of things. We have a list of things we're gonna talk about first, but going forward, you know, people say, Hey, why don't you guys talk about this? We'll be like, okay, so if it's good, if we agree with it, we'll talk about it, you know. But the whole point is that we don't want to agree on everything, but we wanna be able to, we want to show that you can disagree with your friends and have that those conversations, those hard conversations, and still be friends. Absolutely. So when is the anticipated launch of this show? So the anticipated launch was two months ago. However, with a craziness of work events and life events, right. we have not been able to meet up for lunch yet because every time it's like Wednesday, it's like, all right. I'm like, shit, I got called in the office. He's like, shit, I got a meeting at lunchtime. So we're anticipating to launch it. I think we're planning to launch it in the middle to end of September. Okay, so right around the corner. Yeah. So we want to get, we have our preview episode done. We want to get like one or two episodes recorded and ready to go. Right. That way we have a little bit of a buffer, right? And we release it. We release it every other week, and it'll just be on. It'll be on every podcatcher as hot takes and lunch hot breaks. Hot takes and lunch breaks added to the roster yep. of Spoiler Country, Y2CL, Haphazard Adventures, the Einz Anthology, <laughs> and various other random projects in the life of uh mr johnny horsley here dude all the crazy shit that i've done man, man. thank you so much for for joining me here uh on the show that's going to be awesome uh i'm looking forward yeah, to yeah yeah it's it's been amazing and I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing uh what else you got uh coming down the pike so be sure to check out all of those crazy awesome projects that uh, mr horsley is working on find him on all the social medias find him on the book of yes. faces find him on the tweety twatty place and find him on the Instagram. Stock me everywhere. Stock him everywhere. Yes. And uh, if you're lucky, um, he will uh, attack you with his second gay penis. So. <laughs> Garrett will. It, it, Garrett will do that. Not Garrett, Garrett will do that. All right, Johnny, man. Thanks for being on the show, brother. I definitely appreciate it. Yeah, man. Thanks. Dude, I, anytime. I appreciate it. I love it. I need a moment now to be the first man out. Everyone to
Can't hide forever. You're mine, you hear me? Mine! <laughs> <laughs> 